1: with you. Always. Hello, geek and geekettes. It's time to nerdgasm over the next episode of the Alien Offensive. Engage. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the eighth episode of the Alien Offensive. We're so happy that you could join us in studio today. I've got myself, Mark Ademus, and across the table from me, I've got Nate Dog. Yep. And uh, we are excited to do a couple of movie reviews for you today, as well as reference uh, a top 25 list that we found that we found humorous. And, of course, we'll do a little speculation on things that are in the news also, we'd like to direct you to our website. If you've heard our other podcast, The Sports Offensive, our website is thesportsoffensive.com. You can catch Alien Offensive there. You can catch all the prior episodes. You can learn about us, learn about our other show, and you can also get links to our YouTube channel. And on our YouTube channel, Nate Dog is now posting videos of wax box breaking as well as wax packs unwrapping. And... Uh, commentary on what the cards are worth, what kind of cards you're looking for, uh, how to best manage your collection, things like that. I think you'll really enjoy those videos. We should have the, there are two up right now. There should be another one up by Sunday the 10th. So whenever you're listening to this episode, I know we don't do these as often as a sports show, so maybe a few weeks in between these, but we will try to get maybe two up a week uh, going forward, if we can, and, uh, you know, look for those nice rookies, those nice, you know, those, uh, what do you call them, Nate? A Hall the, of Fame
0: card or uh, a relic card? Uh, uh,
1: uh, no, I was thinking, like, the goof cards. Oh, uh, an error card? Error cards. That, yes. Those seem to be the big money, big value
0: yep, ones. absolutely. Makes you
1: think of the upside-down airplane stamp mm-hmm. in uh, Brewster's Millions mm-hmm. that he yep. used. Yep. So, you know, if, it's, if you're a collector, what you're looking for is rare. It's not necessarily your favorites, although... People certainly purchase things they like, but the biggest thing I think to a collector is probably that extremely rare once in a, once in a, you know, two million card kind of thing.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the plug, Mark. I, I think it's a lot of fun, what we're doing with collecting, and I, the, the hobby seems to kind of be making a comeback. So uh, if you enjoy watching, uh, you know, looking at old cards and seeing uh, Nate maybe taking a chance on a nice lottery ticket, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, we, you know, the first couple of videos, we find some decent cards. Uh, I think there's some great stuff coming down the pipeline. I've got a bunch of old uh, 1970s wax packs. So uh, enough of that, Mark. Let's move into what we're what well, hey, meant to know, talk at, about. At one
1: point, we'll be looking at... Maybe seeing you snag a mantle fifty two, maybe seeing you You, you snag a a Billy Butler or not Billy Butler, but a Billy Ripkin with the uh, blackout. Is that the one that's super rare? The whiteout actually. The whiteout is the rare one. Yes. So get get one of those uh, bad boys. Only one print run of that. Yep. So we uh, both went together to see uh, Marvel's Captain or Captain Marvel last night, Mm -hmm. the latest movie in the MCU. Big reason I wanted to see it is I was a massive massive fan of Infinity War after how, the, how disappointed I was with The Last Jedi when seeing, and actually I don't know if Infinity War came before or after to be honest, but um, it, the, the, the oh, contrast yeah. is like when I came out of Infinity War how completely sci-fi satiated I was. It was like you didn't waste any time, all the battles were good and meaningful, the whole story made sense, you brought together like 40 plot lines from different movies into one finale you did it right. Now, I can't imagine Endgame being anywhere as good simply because of that, because it's not the, it's not the joining together of everything. It's it a continuation of it. Also, maybe a little anticlimactic was they did show the Spider-Man preview for the next Spider-Man movie in the previews for Captain Marvel. Well, if you watch Infinity War, Spider-Man is one of the guys that floated away into nothingness, so obviously he's coming back. Yeah. Unless you stated in the movie preview, actually, you said, unless unless there's a time jump involved, right? Well, you said unless it's a prequel. A prequel, sure. Yeah, so,
0: well, I you know, and again, if you are listening, spoilers ahead because uh we're going to talk about the movie. So, we're going to start right here. So, please put your uh earmuffs on if you uh, don't want to hear anything no, about No, very good point. Very good the, point. about the movie, but uh so wh- what was the point you were just making? I wanted to piggyback on the time it I jump. Forgot, yeah. So the time jump. So there is a, uh, we'll say an, an invention or a, um, a technology that is being worked on in this in Captain Marvel that would maybe lead one to believe that there's a possibility of some space time, uh, time warping, some some things like that that could maybe maybe come into play.
1: Sure. Sure. Jumping backwards in time to then go take care of what happened and stop him from getting the glove or one of the other stones or.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I can think of a
1: a few different things, you know, where they would or what they would do if you're going to go see the movie. Be aware there are two after credit scenes. So there's one about halfway through. Yes. And then there is the much more important one at the very, very end. Yes. Um, I we maybe we I don't know if we want to disclose what they are. I guess we're gonna go through a lot of spoilers. so It probably doesn't matter. Yeah, I try um, to keep it as vague as we can. Yeah, the one, the so first people one can enjoy it. I I actually forget what the first one is, but the second one. I uh, it's is a wonderful. scene
0: with the Avengers, kind of right at the end of.
1: Oh, I thought that was the last one.
0: No, the last one was the cat.
1: Oh, that's right. That was awesome. So just so you know, probably the best character in this movie is the cat, yeah. and I don't want to, I won't, we won't tell you why, but. Yeah probably the best the best character really is the cat. It is. So, first off, before we actually get into the movie, so there's a huge controversy around this movie, not the movie itself so much, but the lead actress. I am not part of this thing, and in fact, I've chided quite a few people in some of my uh, Rian Johnson hate groups that I'm members of. And those groups, I say Rian Johnson hate groups, they're not hating him, they're hating what he did to The Last Jedi. And I did that because I didn't want people to be forced to listening to me rant about that movie too much. So I went to that, it's a private page in that way, only people who also sure. feel the same way, you know, we could all kind of vent about it and it was a great, it was a great therapy Rebel to get in each out. other's
0: misery i love it yeah
1: it was yeah. just a really good way to get out like the just the, <laughs> the, the, the crushing disappointment that we all had yeah. and you know from certain segments of fans i know some people like the movie it's fine uh, we just didn't like it and so it was kind of a way for us to vent and but what has happened lately is it's become almost a full on like maga group it's really weird they are just like insensely ra- outraged at this movie And at first, I didn't understand what was going on. I was like, why do you guys all think this movie is so horrible? It hasn't come out yet. And this one guy goes, because of that bitch. And I went, what bitch? And you know, this is a conversation on Facebook, obviously. But he eventually, then he starts posting these articles about uh, Brie Larson, is her name, is the head actress who is Captain Marvel. And so this really blows my mind still to this day. I mean, I just kind of want to say, like, you know, you're a man. Kind of nut up. But uh, so what it is is that she had an interview with a disabled movie reviewer, interviewer lady who kind of has like her smaller blog, uh, smaller magazine kind of presence. And she, you know, she was profusely thanking her for coming on her show because it was a big name. I mean, this is a big movie, right? And especially because it's considered a big movie for, um, because you know like just like Black Panther was a big movie because it gave younger um you know African American kids a chance to have an idol like figure as a superhero. Well, this is like the only the second like female superhero, even though there are superheroes in the Marvel Universe, I don't think any of them have their own movie yet, right. So this is like a, a centric movie. And so obviously Wonder Woman was the same kind of thing. It was a big hit with, with young girls because it let them finally, you know. And I, and at first it took me a while to understand this kind of thing. But then after I thought about it, you know, if you ever watch a show that has all of a different race or all of a different gender in it dominating, then you'll kind of realize, oh, I guess like 90% of the movies are mostly white guys. And you don't think about it if you're a white guy that much, right, because it's just what you see that's america is still mostly white people right so you just it's just something you get used to especially in a smaller town now i don't care about that one way or another or or have a a problem or an issue with that but i understand that it's nice for people who want to see something that's more emblematic of what they see on a daily basis in a movie so no big
0: and it's and it's uh inclusive you know, yeah, give
1: him why not give people, everybody a chance to enjoy. You yes, know?
0: absolutely. And that's the way the world is now. You know, there's it's not just white guys running the world anymore. You know, and I think this is a great example of of actual life in America, you know. And
1: right. And I mean, you can look at things like, um, let's say, Rogue One. Right. There was a lot of initial upset people because it was oh we just had a Mary Sue in Star Wars The Force Awakens now we're getting another one and it turned out that she was not a Mary Sue of any kind she was just a regular character who happened to be related to the guy making the weapon and I, I thought Rogue One was a very good movie so um, I've
0: never heard that term before Oh a Mary Sue? Yeah
1: but it makes sense with Rey yeah I, I, yeah, I had never heard that term until she came out either but yeah. it, apparently it's just a, an all powerful woman with no explanation yeah. and it is frustrating to have no explanation it's like you know they point to Luke you know, and be like, well, he was not really a thing. It's like, except that you learned his dad was a Jedi, right. and he had an old hermit friend that was a Jedi who taught him, yeah. and he could hear that guy's voice. <laughs> oh, and okay, I guess there was something. Then to you that, found out man. his dad was one of the greatest <laughs> Jedi ever, and you know, it's like there's a lot of connections to it. He was on a Millennium Falcon training. We don't know how long they were on the Falcon. We don't know how long that trip took. And even if it's just a, you know, even if just a small guide. Someone who's right. – if you, if you told someone, here's the first you know, three things I can tell you about trying to write a program for a computer, well, then what could you do with that, that, that knowledge on how to C++ or, or HTML or something like that? You could probably figure out how to put other stuff in it. Yeah. and trial and error until you learn things. Right. That's how Luke learned. And that's why I understand why people were upset about Ray. That wasn't my biggest contention with the movies at all. I mean, that's a I mean, that's it's an annoying thing but I think it's, it's a detail,
0: important. you know, it's a detail and it yeah, it's nice. Yeah, to it, be smart. It's, but it's not it doesn't you know, ruin it, right? Yeah, it's not like this epic disaster, right? Or travesty, I guess is the word I was looking for, but um yeah, I I I think uh the next movie is going to be – and we'll get to it. I, I'm just so excited to see what J.J. brings. He kind of is due for something. And hope. I think he's due for some greatness here. Uh, this could, this is his chance to kind of leave his mark in the in the movie world. And uh, I really hope that he took the time to consult everyone that he could and come up with a story that sort of brings an end to the Skywalker saga. I mean, it's uh, – this is a meaningful thing man because this is a serious full- closure
1: for a guy who's not good at giving closure. This
0: is 40 years in the making. You know, this this franchise not just the movies but the merchandise that you know that this has created, you know, in the billions, the tens of billions.
1: The brand uh, new theme park that this, opened this Yeah, opens this in a couple weeks. This brand
0: is going to continue on. You know, because because of the financial success it's had, but uh, this is really the close of like, you know, this, this is was the a end big of a childhood closure. Yes. for you know, it, this a lot was like an epic story for you and I. You know, from ten to forty. You know, we were engrossed in this story. And how
1: many of us, at some point in our life, when we were down, could turn to Star Wars as something you could watch and enjoy? Like, I can't watch Star Wars movies much anymore. Right. Not the, not the older ones because I've seen them all so many times. It's just not really that fun. But it is kind of fun when you come across it on TNT or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'll throw this on for five minutes, you know, and just listen to it mm-hmm. or watch a scene that you like. You know, that that's what I usually end up in YouTube more often, watching right. scenes I like or watching fan videos because. People make some really awesome videos that I'm very impressed with about showing their love for the saga and stuff, and you know, more power to it. And you know, if you're however you feel about the new movies, you know, like we should always go into each movie with, let's hope it's good. You know the whole boycott around Solo and things like that. I just, you know, I mean, I I get why there was anger, but it's like I don't think you're, I don't think they're gonna see it that way. And it's not about the boycotting of a film. That that's not what they're gonna notice. What they're gonna notice is if they don't inspire the kind of allegiance or love of a film where you go see it five times, Mm -hmm. because that's what the key was for Star Wars. You always went and saw it three or four times, five or six times, maybe seven times if you really liked it. Right. That's where the real big money starts coming in because it stays strong for weeks after weeks. I mean Star Wars was in the theaters for like a year because it just kept going, you know. They, people kept showing up at the theater. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think Disney is realizing or starting to see now because TFA, while the story was terrible and the plot, you know, was just was just rehash and all that kind of stuff, it was a exciting Right, it was most certainly was an exciting movie. Yeah. Yeah. there wasn't a terrible amount of tension, which was kind of that was its that was its one downfall mm-hmm. uh, outside of the story. But um, but as a direction in things, and mostly mostly the action, JJ got very close to Star Wars mm-hmm. it, feel. Um, I in fact thought the movie. I did not like the very beginning. I thought that was really poorly done. But the part from when Finn gets back on the the Star Destroyer until they crash uh, onto Jakku, and then he meets Rey and gets in the Falcon and takes off, Mm -hmm. that part of that movie I thought was great. That was really hopeful at that point. And then I thought it just went downhill after that. But it was still exciting. It had cool scenes. It had stuff you could remember and watch again. Unlike The Last Jedi, which I can't even think of a single scene I care to see a second time. Anyway... All of this stuff and this Mary Sue thing started this kind of... It's the reason that why IMBD no longer has message boards mm-hmm. was how bigoted, racist, and misogynic the posts began to get. People who were just so angry about a, a female's lead or whatever have you. Yeah. So this one is kind of a little bit different. So what happened is she was having that interview, like I told you, with the handicapped movie reviewer. And she was thanking her profusely for coming on and in, in letting her interview. And she said, well, you know, I noticed at one of my last press events that almost every critic in the audience was a white man. And she said, so I thought, well, I should go out of my way to make sure that some non-white people and some and, and women uh, get a chance to interview for this, this movie, because this movie is, you know, uh, we do have, there's a focus for the female audience. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. What followed was just unbelievable rancor and just vicious posts. Ooh, that's a good word, rancor. Yeah, rancor monster. Uh, but, I mean, dude, I can't even explain to you the level of anger. And the, the page that I'm mostly on is called, um, I think it's like, How Ruin Destroyed Christmas or something like that. And that's what they call Rian Johnson, is, or Ryan Johnson, call him Ruin. And, I mean, I can't even tell you, I mean, we're talking... Dozens of posts to the point where Rotten Tomatoes took down its want to see or don't want to see um, thing on their site because they were just getting spammed by the millions of these people who have no intention to see the movie. And and they would just post these articles about people writing about how horrible this woman was, this Brie Larson, because she was hating because she hated men and she hated white people. Of course, she's white. And it's like all she said is she wants to give access to other people. That's it. She didn't say about taking anything away, just adding, and it's yeah. amazing. I wrote she's a review taken of the movie out of context and i wrote, well, no, it's not taken out of context it's it's intentional misreading of what she's saying, and I actually put okay, i did, sure. and mean, I put a post up there when I got home out of context but well, but I'm just saying that like she did say that, yeah, but what she said wasn't I don't understand how you could pretend it was vicious. You know, right. and the one thing I've been that somebody's
0: building a perception that is false. That's all.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, they're trying to do a boycott. Now they're saying, if you go see the movie, you're hurting the boycott against Disney to get rid of Kathleen Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so somehow boycotting a movie from a different studio under a same multinational corporation yeah. is going to get the head of a different studio
0: fired. It's just outraged to have for the f- fact of having outrage. It just doesn't yeah, make it, sense. It's
1: just the poor, the yeah. poor white man can't get a shake vibe that has gone through this country is just utterly ridiculous. It's like, you know what? Nut up and go do your job and get your stuff done. Quit complaining about people getting the same rights you've had for hundreds of years. I'll never understand that thing where people get pissed off about other people getting the same rights. So anyway, that's all she said. Now the next thing that she said that drove him into an absolute fury right, was that she talked about how it annoyed her sometimes the way men behave in society. In terms of her example was, I was in an airport security line. I looked up from my ticket and there was a ticketing agent looking at me or a TSA agent looking at her. And so she said, I'm a nice person, so I just flashed a nice smile and then went back to my phone. But she said when she got to the front of the line, the guy that she had, you know, like, who had, she had seen looking at her and she smiled at him, pulled her aside to ask her for her phone number. And she said, "Just because a woman smiles at you doesn't mean you should just think that you can instantly get her number. You should at least, you know, converse with her somewhat, or, you know, or like, you know, introduce yourself and something before you would ask for that. Like being personal, like getting that personal. Now, I guess maybe you can say she's being oversensitive. I don't think that that's that big a deal. Although I'm not a celebrity, and don't have a complete lack of privacy that these these people do." Mm-hmm. But those are essentially the two big things she said. The third one that I saw someone post an article on was that she said, well, this is a feminist movie. We do have that mindset because this is a movie for, we want to include girls and, and, you know, and the girl power thing. Mm -hmm. So basically those three comments caused just this relentless outrage. I know you're not on that page, so you didn't have to see it, but it's astounding how angry these people are. So... In your opinion of just going in there just having gone to see the movie because you know it was a new movie for Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. did you feel any kind of overwhelming sense of feminism in the movie uh from a character standpoint, yeah,
0: you know because it was so focused on females um, you know Captain Marvel obviously being the central character, but I mean a, a lot a lot of the supporting characters such as uh uh, Annette Benning, the character she played right was a, a kind strong, of the hero or the top a strong person. female or somebody that she really respected growing up right uh and then her friend who was the fighter pilot absolutely you know was another big character uh that friend's daughter uh mm-hmm. another big character so really three generations of females um now yeah you know she had her f- uh friend I can't remember the actor's name uh or the guy that trained her. Jude Law. Jude Law, thank you, Uh, that women just love, of course, because he's handsome devil. But uh, he, you know, so he was a big character, which, you know, obviously not female, but it was them over, you know, he was a key character because it was females overcoming a male that, you know, was really the quintessential male, like this perfect, you know, specimen. And she was able to overcome you know, her training from him and, and beat him in the end. And so that was kind of that, yeah, Mm -hmm. F you, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I do think there was an overarching theme of feminism. Uh, even the, like the soundtrack, you know, the, uh, the Gwen Stefani, I'm a girl, you know, and, uh, yeah, it just it's which is great. I think it's great. You know, I'm I'm really happy to see it, and I think and we, we should, should
1: we should mention that it is a, a nostalgic movie in the terms of uh, she flashes back or, or this this takes place during the 1980s, like 80s, early 90s. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. So yep. uh the reason all these songs you'll recognize are there is because that's that, those were popular Yeah back the then.
0: soundtracks fantastic cuz that's the time when we grew up yeah. and uh, I would love to have that soundtrack
1: I yeah. really would there's great stuff yeah some ska and yeah some good stuff from that from the 90s yep. basically when we were in college Yeah. you know and, so yeah, you always and remember high that school music. Yeah. you always remember yeah. that music Absolutely so, so I agree with you I think you spot on I think yeah. it definitely did have that feminine Now Uh, You hear the term militant feminism. I don't know quite what that is because when I hear militant, I think guns and killing people. Yeah, Uh, I don't think that feminism has ever done that. But either way, definitely is a message. So if you are sensitive to that, if you feel like, the white man is being unfairly treated in this world, and and you know you just you know guys are blamed for everything. Then you then probably go hide shouldn't in a, go hide in a cave, please. Well, right, but I, I would not recommend seeing this movie. I think it'll just bother you because there are probably three distinct jokes that I remember from the film yeah. about you know not about feminism, but about um, traditional way that guys treat women and her because she's got this power, not willing to. They call it take cockpit it. for a reason, <laughs> right, honey. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. I thought they're good jokes. Oh, it's was great. And, you know, it's like, like I said, like, why can't people just watch a movie and just enjoy it and not worry about all these little particular things? No. It's like, it's, it's just because a it's movie.
0: Because it's trendy to be offended. Right, right. You know? Yeah, no
1: matter what side you're on, right? Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so anyway, I just, if, if, you, if you do feel that brittleness when it comes to uh, f- strong females and, and the white man being kept down or reverse racism... Probably shouldn't see this movie because you know what? There's not very many white men in it, and didn't that didn't factor into it for me for, into it for me at all. And they lose
0: too, <laughs> and they lose in this movie the white man, which is great.
1: And uh, but yeah, so I mean, but as the movie itself, I would probably give it a three point five out of five. Uh, I thought it was that's a great yeah a good story, not a great story, but a good story. It was good. It was interesting. It has some nice little twists and turns in it that you know you, you not not like. Big twist, but like, you know, you maybe just didn't see something coming. Yeah. Um, And kind of, and they humanized the enemies, which I like. I've always liked that. Like, I loved that in the third Planet of the Apes movie, which I thought was just fantastic. That movie was great. I loved how they made you know Woody it's Harrelson a was a was a good villain. Dude, you Woody's know? incredible. <laughs> he is man. He's always good. But he made a he was a great villain. A great villain is not just mindless. A great villain has a reason. Khan was a great villain. The Emperor was a great villain. So was Darth Vader. They all they all had a purpose. You know there was a reason they were doing it. They weren't just assholes. They thought they were doing something right. Really, I mean, most of the time they think they're bringing peace. I mean, and and they do yeah. militant. Dictators do bring peace. Problem is, they also bring oppression, and the oppression it comes later, and that's when the problem starts. Yeah, no, so, yeah. Again, I I thought it was a good villain, uh, or multiple villains, really. Some good twists, uh, very good costumes, very good fight scenes. They were these were some of the better fight scenes I've seen in MCU in a while. Well, not counting, of course, Infinity War. Um, her as a character is a little boring. Not a huge fan of the superhero. Felt more like a DC superhero. Not a lot of distinct powers, but then could suddenly do things like... Things that I don't understand why she could suddenly do them. Like, it didn't fit with her powers. I, like, yeah, they don't forms explain... Forms a helmet out of nowhere. And Yeah, and maybe that's just because they're trying to set it up for
0: her as an identity thing. Like, being able to figure out what the powers and what lengths they go to. I get mm-hmm. that. Which, they do kind of... Write that in at the end a little bit, you know, like okay, the here's this is just the beginning of what she can do, right? You know, right? Um, But it's so vague, and and
1: neither one of us read comics, yeah. So to be fair, we don't know what her powers are, and and I don't look on Wikipedia until after I see movies because I like to just kind of go in fresh,
0: and I don't know how canon the movie is. Is it are the comics and. Movie in, li- I mean, in alignment. I think they
1: do deviate from each other. Yeah, I feel like
0: there's some deviation. So, you know, it may not follow the comics. Keep that in mind, too. I don't
1: know. And a lot of times they merge three or four comic books for, like, an idea from each one that they liked for a movie. Sure, sure. And then they get into one movie.
0: Yeah, and I like some of the things they did with her character. Like, uh, they made you think for a long time that she actually was Cree, but she was not. She's human and they were because of a transformation she somewhat became cree well, well they kidnapped the her she absorbed power right but they kidnapped her and made her think that, that mm-hmm. that's where she was and they washed her brain out and you know she realizing oh this this she's blood human and, yeah. yeah but uh some sort of crazy fusion happens when she blows up right. that that engine or whatever right isn't that kind of when it yeah Takes
1: over. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, the engine blows up and she absorbs the power, which is like a special light speed power or whatever. Yeah, so
0: really, it's funny. She's almost like a female Iron Man that doesn't have a
1: suit. Internal Iron Man, yeah. 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 You know, because... That's why I say it's kind of a boring character because she doesn't, like, achieve her powers through any kind of a, you know... I I mean, yeah, I mean, accidents happen a lot, time to get power, but her power isn't, like, defined, really. It's like... It's just kind of whatever she wants it to be, and so yeah. that that part got boring to me. And that's... I think they did that for a reason, though. So she can probably so she can fight Thanos, right? Yes. So.
0: And and they were able to leave that kind of open ended for them from a creative standpoint. Like, hey, that gives us a little bit of time if we want to make some changes. But it also, you know, kind of puts us in a direction too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They're 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 smart. They think about those things. I think.
1: Yeah, the MCU has done pretty good yeah. on, on not making silly. Yeah. And Changes it's, are movies. You know, this this movie
0: was in danger of being sort of a filler, you mm-hmm. know, because the you know well, we're all waiting Endgame on... Endgame
1: comes in just like another two months.
0: Yeah, we're all waiting on Endgame, right? So yeah. does Spider-Man come before that or after it?
1: Uh, that was the first preview I've seen for it, so I'm guessing later. Okay. I don't know. I did like the first Spider-Man, so I hope the second one's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, a little Spider-Man out because there has been so many movies, but uh, this... the the, the the homecoming film was really good in terms of the villain was really good and it was a cool story and yeah. good fights. That's a big thing to me. The fights are big because if your fights aren't good, then you you become just another sci-fi superhero flick that falls into the bin. Like like Thor Ragnarok, I thought was terrible because it was just all you know. Except for the Hulk and Hulk and Thor Thor scene. It yeah. was just boring. It was yeah. just, its nothing new. There's nothing special, nothing moving in the story. Yeah. This one had a good, I mean, there was definitely a good underplot that was important that fits right into the Marvel Cin- Cinematic Universe a lot of things started in this film, you know, and including like you know, like how Shield became an alien or superhero organization, things like that. Yeah, there's it's a Sam good, or- it's good. really
0: a good origin story for uh, Fury.
1: Yeah, it's a great origin story. I believe I agree. For, yeah, for, for for Nick Fury. Yeah, they
0: really kind of fit that in kind of nice and tight, didn't they? Yep. Uh, I did not real good th- think of it
1: that way. Real but, good job of making de aging Samuel L. Jackson make him look young. Yeah, with the, uh, CGI, the CGI and just kinda like and with Coulson. And, AJ yeah. Coulson. Uh-huh. and he's in there, too. So um, and I think the other thing I would say about the film was uh I personally and this has nothing to do with her comments. I do not like Brie Larson as an actress that much. Now, I will say as a, as a pig, she's got a real nice body or at least in that suit. She had a great body in, in the jeans. She didn't look like she had very nice hips very well. But um in that superhero costume and I'm sure they accentuate things, but she sure looks sexy in that costume. Sorry again, being a she, pig, but she she's a pretty did. girl. Yeah. I think, and yeah. yeah. And there, and this is the first time I've seen her in a movie where her makeup was well done and, you know, made her look real pretty. Her eyes look great. Um, I saw her in room. I've read that book movie. I thought was pretty well done. It, it followed a uh, close enough and, and got the feeling right. She did almost nothing in that movie, but pretty much be a depressed woman and didn't and, and depressed, like we're just kind of sitting around depressed and looking, staring off into space depressed. And I guess they gave her the Academy Award for the way she was in the room and trying to keep her child from thinking that they were trapped in a tiny room their whole life. Yeah. And that, I guess, was where it came from. But I really felt like she didn't do a whole lot. And I feel about her the same way I feel about uh, when Courtney Love did films, which is any part she does, or the same thing with Mary... Um, Who's the one that was the uh, vice president in uh, Battlestar Galactica? Rosalyn. Oh, jeez. I don't know her. Uh, her name is... Um, it's not Michelle. Mary McCormick?
0: Yeah, that might be right. I don't know if that's right. I was going to say Michelle McCormick. So
1: Mary McCormick might be the girl in Howard Stern's movie in private parts. Uh, she won the Academy Award with, uh, Ra- uh, with uh, Dances with Wolves as a supporting actress. Uh, Next to Kevin Costner So whoever that woman is Or like the VP Or not VP But she became the the president of it's not uh, Wolf is it? No No No, it's Mary I'm pretty sure it's Mary But anyway I mean it doesn't really matter Anyway um, You know Battlestar Galactica She was the only person From the cabinet that survived And became president I feel the same way about her And Courtney Love And Brie Lawson to me Or Larson Uh, All of them to me Feel like they just are Reading lines as themselves and wearing the the costume or the or the the look of the of the character, but they don't really seem to change what they do very much, in my opinion. Now, I think I told you yesterday, I her winning that for a room was the same way I felt about Casey Affleck winning the award for Manchester by yeah. the Sea which is I don't think acting depressed is difficult. And maybe because I've just had a hard enough life that it's like, I know what it's like to it be miserable. Real. It's hard to Everybody pretend that you're knows. happy.
0: Everybody knows what it feels like to be miserable because we're all human. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that being said, I I disagree with you a little bit because I, I have not seen the movie Room, so I'll have to check that out. Uh, what experience I've had watching her on the big screen is... Uh, Joanna, my wife and I used to watch a show called The United States of Terra. Oh, yes, and it's actually really good. If you haven't seen it, uh, there's a woman with multiple personality disorder and uh, and a family and a family, and it is fascinating. And Brie Larson plays her daughter, um, and she, I, in my opinion, I think she's a very good little actress. At least in that in that movie or I in don't that. Think I realized that was her
1: daughter. That must have been a while ago. Yeah,
0: and so I think she was really good in that, but maybe you know she wasn't great in in some other things but I, you know i think she does okay i i thought her acting job it wasn't bad that it distracted from the movie but back to my original point i think as a transition movie this had a kind of a big bust possibility i think and, you know sure. you're always risking it but they did the writing very well you know like i don't feel like they really made a ton of errors there was maybe some opportunity missed but i think uh as far as the timeline goes it was really cool to like we talked about get uh, Fury's kind of origin story in there. Right. Uh you get to find out how he lost his eye and uh right. <clears throat> it's cool. Uh so some clever stuff written in there for sure. But uh I think they carried the movie well enough. I w- I would give it a 3. I I'm probably not quite as high on it maybe as you are. Uh which is kind of unusual I think. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I, I thought it was very entertaining, worth going to in the theater if you're a big fan of the Marvel Universe. It uh, you know it ties up some loose ends for you, uh, you know gives you some cool backstories of some characters that you like from previous shows, and uh, I think it's a good transition into Endgame because it's not going to outdo it, no. but it also holds enough weight where it's you know you can go in and watch it and enjoy it.
1: Yeah, and and I didn't. I only remember one time thinking, "Oh, this is starting to get dragging on a little bit." You know, that's usually a good sign. If I only say that once or zero times, it's a good movie. Like Infinity War, that was a two and a half hour movie where I didn't even have to pee at the end of it because I was so dedicated to watching it because it was so good and went so fast.
0: I haven't been so blown away actually in a movie in quite some time.
1: Yeah, that was something, man. That was pretty much like Star Wars. That one left an impression (laughs) on me. I I was impressed. Yeah. Just impressed. Well, it just seemed like every character somehow they merged like 45 characters and did it seamlessly in a really cool story and a really great battle. And a very relevant story.
0: Yeah. yeah. Just great, man. That was so well done. Yep.
1: That's like, and I remember uh, my friend Kurt, his brother is a big comic nerd. Mm. And um, no disrespect, man. And he, uh, way back when we were first watching X Men. Uh, movies. Yeah. And then, like, the first Iron Man came out, he goes, well, the big thing will be Infinity War one day. Or Infinity Gauntlet, what he saw, talked about, which is a different comic. But he was it's right, good. though. It was like, boy, this was the culmination of it's everything. It's
0: going to be tough for Endgame to even hold a candle to that. Boy, doesn't it seem like it? Yeah. It's going to be tough.
1: Because all the great action, you know, yeah. already happened. And all the great, all the great meetings already yeah. happened. This is
0: a big year for Disney. Yeah, it is. You know, you they're bringing <laughs> because as the Marvel universe will live on, this is kind of going to bring some closure to a lot of characters. Yeah. From my understanding. Yep. Uh, they haven't really specifically said, but if you
1: look at contracts. Well, we you know, know that we know that Roddy Danger or Roddy uh, Robert, Robert Downey, Downey. Jr., uh, yep. Chris Evans. Yep. um, I think Chris Hemsworth um, or yep. Liam Hemsworth. It's Chris. Chris. It is, is Chris. Is Thor. Yep. So a lot of these characters. Yeah, they're like we're not doing it anymore. Yeah. So it's it, it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. It's time to get better characters, but more interesting characters. You know, well, not better characters, but yeah, new characters. Why not keep it fresh? You know, give yeah. us new stories. And I agree. There's got to be so many comics out there that they could draw stories from from other characters. And I think that's why we haven't seen anything. But you know, it could be another huge thing they could do at one point. Of course, will be a crossover for X Men and Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. This won't happen. Unless they're able to do what they're trying to do right now, which is purchase Fox. And that's why they're trying to purchase Fox. Fox has X-Men, Fantastic Four, and a couple of others, as well as the original rights to the original films for Star Wars. Oh, I thought Star that went through. Well, there's a lot of antitrust things going oh, okay, on. So sure. they have to very carefully steer through and get in, and pass hurdles. Yeah, the
0: X-Men universe is large as well. So that's a big money
1: maker. Well, and, and the X-Men, of course, participate in, in the Avengers. So Wolverine and others could go to the Avengers. I, I don't think Hugh Jackman's going to ever do Wolverine anymore because he's. No. he's and it's funny; he still looks you know, he's in amazing shape and stuff. But boy, he goes back and see that first X Men movie. Well, he was young. Yeah. He looks a lot older. He sure looks like he's aging, which is not a problem, and he should age right. He couldn't live forever, right? But they, she were saying he could be two hundred years old and still look yeah, like that. I, so
0: you know, you bring that up. I just think Logan was just fantastic.
1: Oh, so good! It great might be. Great
0: it might be my favorite superhero movie. Really? Yeah, I think it's top three for me.
1: Hmm, I thought it was a wonderful closure, a yeah. great way to close a a wonderful character. Yeah, I may say that I like Wolverine better, the the one in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, X Men: Days of Futures Past will always be my favorite. It that was just I I loved everything about that story, and I loved the build up to that story. Is that and- the one
0: with Kevin Bacon?
1: No, that's first class. Oh, that's first class. This is the one where they where Wolverine goes back the in one time. Right in his mind. after that, yeah, yes, where where you've got the older characters like um, Patrick Stewart and Ian McClellan, mm-hmm. and then you've also got the new characters and James McAvoy yes. and and uh, uh, yeah, Super Schlong. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Fassbender. Uh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so anyway, but that that'll always be my favorite, and I think <laughs> Infinity War is probably now my second favorite uh just because it was just so good um but then yeah after going after those top 2 that's when that's when the discussion for me starts so um
0: yeah i like the you know the dark knight returns is one of my favorite
1: oh yeah you love those movies yeah so i'm i'm a fan of the,
0: of all those the dark knight and and the joker one as well uh or the one what did they call their first one dark knight was the second one what was the first one called? Batman Begins. Begins. That's yeah, it. that was a good one, too. Yeah.
1: I, I hated the third film, unbelievably, yeah. but the second film was really, really good. I mean, Ledger did a great job. I didn't like those movies as much because I get a little tired of a superhero that's super gritty movie because the whole thing about it being a superhero is yeah. it, it, isn't, it isn't plausible. The, the things are ridiculous. Yeah. Because it was Batman, and that, that's the guy that has gadgets and not and not superpowers, mm-hmm. right? So
0: He's a superhero because he's rich, like Iron
1: Man. Right, yeah. right. So, I mean, that that does give it a little different, uh, make it so you can make it more realistic and gritty because you can say, like, we'll just give him stuff you can do, yeah. you know? And for that part of it, I give him huge credit. I have always had a problem with the voice that just annoys me. Un- I, and I can't even tell you how much it annoys yeah. me that he does when he's Batman. And I'm sure they're saying, well, this is so that he doesn't use his voice and they don't recognize him. Dude, it's already a ridiculous plot to begin with with Batman that right. the, p- people don't know who he is. So just just mm. play it and just have fun with it, you know. Right. But you know, I mean, I, I guess you could say Michael Keaton actually kind of did that in the first Batman that he did. He did, but it was a little, but it wasn't so gravelly, like weird. Anyway, yeah. I thought even would have been better. is if they had if built it, in ha- like a voice emulator in his into, his into his into his outfit that changed his voice. Which so they do, do in that. the new ones, in yeah, the Justice Ben League. Affleck's ones, yeah. yeah. So. I think they said he's done now, and, yeah. he, and and so is Henry Cavill. So it's like, yeah. wow, they they just made it to intro to Justice League, and it's already over. I yeah. mean, what what did they do to piss these guys off yeah, so much? Yeah,
0: they yeah, that's not going well. For Especially because that
1: first bat, the first Superman man, that was good.
0: I agree, Man that of was Steel, awesome, yeah, yes. that was so good. Yes. It was the
1: first Superman movie I liked since like Superman one. Yes, you know?
0: it's fantastic. I love Man of Steel. Yeah, that was really,
1: really gritty. Um, I do want to review the uh, film I saw, The Wandering Earth. Yeah, so
0: from very little what I know about it, uh, I know it was the number one movie uh, money-wise in the world at the time that Netflix bought it from China. So it's a Chinese film, right? Um, So there's subtitles, obviously. Yes. But at the time that Netflix acquired it, it was the highest-grossing film of the year. Um, so, you know, obviously it was probably in February, so mm-hmm. only two months had passed or one and a half, but, uh, that's what I know about it. And I know it's a science fiction movie and, uh, a wandering earth because we are trying to get to, what is it? Alpha Centauri mm-hmm. to set up around a new sun. Cause our sun is becoming a red giant, mm-hmm. right? That's all I know about it. So
1: basically what happens is the, the sun hits the point where they, it starts the, the reactions where it's going to turn into a red giant and swallow the whole solar system. And so they have they've figured this out, you know, more than 200 years beforehand. And what they do is they build a number of engines around the equator. So they to turn stop, the
0: Earth into a ship, basically.
1: Yeah. So they stop the Earth from turning, which, of course, you know, first people are going to be like, wait a minute, that would cause all those problems. Well, they also are leaving the moon. So it's like, yeah, a lot of problems are, are caused. And they talk about that in the film. It's a really well done story in terms of they, they thought about things ahead of time. It was, oh, they were, people of the Earth were let know at one point about half of you are going to perish because we don't know what to do. Like, we don't have any options. And what they did is they built these engines, and under each engine is a city. Mm-hmm. So they built – so they made a dual purpose of these things. to so put a city in – also the heat from the engine helping because going away from the sun, temperatures are plunging to, like, 97 degrees uh, Celsius uh, negative, you know, which is – I don't know how much – Fahrenheit, probably 200. Mm-hmm. Um, so they built these things around the equator to stop the Earth from rotating – then they can provide some thrust, but then the entire uh, basically eastern hemisphere of the planet, they build up and down the, on the on the landmasses these huge engines and uh, just firing out thrust. And they figure out a way to create a very efficient thrust. I mean, they have to mine a certain chemicals to do it, and so they do still kind of damage the Earth doing that for all these years to build all these things. But in the end, you've got all these engines on this one side to get to Alpha Centauri, which is going to take... I don't know, is it 2,500 years, I think they say, um, for the trip. So, like, it's going to be many generations are going to live through a pretty dismal existence. I think it was
0: 2,500 because it's five, is it five light years away or four light years away?
1: I don't know. And they had a... the closest one.
0: And the engine was, like, it could go a fifth of light speed or something like that. I thought I had read, but I don't know. I'm just well, throwing that out So, it there. was
1: 17 years to get from our orbit to Jupiter, Okay. And this is when the movie starts, is when we've hit Jupiter's oh. uh, at, Jupiter's gravity well. Got it. And this causes a problem uh-huh. in that the gravity from Jupiter is more than they realized. Mm. They miscalculated. And the Earth is now on a trajectory to hit the something vector, I can't remember what it's called, where basically you'll start plummeting into Jupiter yeah. and eventually get crushed. And just get swallowed, sure. And when they start getting close to Jupiter, the atmosphere starts getting pulled off of the Earth into Jupiter. Oh boy. And that ends up being a big plot point of how, you know, at the end. And so basically, yeah, so they, they find out they have to get, they have to move the Earth. Um, all these people are going to suffer. And, uh, you know, and, and that's why everyone's living underground except for they go out front to mine. And it is still light out, you know, when they go mining places and stuff. So I don't know where the light's coming from. I guess still the, the sun. Eh, kind of. It doesn't really seem like that's creating a lot of light, though. Um, you have to see when you see the movie yeah, okay. and, um, but I mean, they've got this huge, uh, satellite, you know, out in front of it or a satellite ship out in front of it. That is basically, there's a whole bunch of them to warn, you know, about things and make sure that they know way ahead like of time. Scout. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, Oh, there's an asteroid coming. We got to move, you know, to get to this mm-hmm. side and, and do here and mm-hmm. thrust here. And then, uh, then there's just a the whole plot point of basically the gravity causes earthquake problems and it causes the engines to fail and now they're gonna they, they don't know how to break free from Jupiter and that's the movie is basically how do we how do we get back on track because they were going to use Jupiter's gravity Jupiter's gravity to speed them up sure and instead they got too close so um, that's mostly what the movie is about mm-hmm. trying to fix it and uh, the movie I thought was fantastic I give it I'd probably give it four and a half stars um, I would say. They did a wonder. It is. It is subtitles. If you don't like subtitles, you do have to read all the script. There's no English in this. It's almost all Chinese characters. A couple of Russians, a couple of other people, but and one scene with Americans, but um, mostly Chinese. And the it's got good suspense. Like you didn't really know what was going to happen. You're kind of like, I don't know, you know, what's going to really end up here. You know, Um, they had some good sentimentality. There was a few scenes where you kind of were like, oh, you know, you feel for the person, you know, not goopy, but you know, what's important, I think, in sci-fi, and that is you care about the character enough. That you're like, oh, you know, that's a bummer, or oh, they had to sacrifice that, you know. It's like it's, you know, they, it was good, and um, it had plausible science, you know. That's the one thing that used to be big with Star Wars before Lucas sold it was, you know, no, this doesn't exist but you could see how it could, could someday Sure. as opposed to like other films or some of the newer star Wars stuff where you just are like, are like how would that ever happen? Why would you ever have that? Why would that ever occur? You know? Cause so, it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a good reason. You need an no. actual reason right. for these things. And, uh, but and you know and I, what I really liked about it is you know like it, it built to a climax. I mean the it, the problem got progressively worse, and you get to that point where you're like, I don't see how they're going to pull this out. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. You know what's going to go on or how it's going to finish. Who we're going to lose? Who we're going to save? You know da da da. da. Mm. And that's a good. Fr- I, that's what you should have in a sci fi movie. You should have a crescendo yep. where it's like everything's either going to fall apart or we're going to make it. You know, like Frodo in the in the Mordor when Gollum catches him. You know, it's like, is it going to happen? Are, is the whole thing going to be for nothing? You right. know, and uh, but I just think it was really good. I was, I think the movie probably will eventually come to Netflix, so you can probably wait and watch it on Netflix. I just saw it was on Movie Pass, and I thought, oh, dude, I'm going to go see this movie because it looks really cool hmm. and just triumph all around. Oh, so you just saw job. it in the theater? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I thought it was on Netflix. Oh no no no! I saw it
0: in the theater. Got it. Um, maybe it is on Netflix, but yeah. I, I saw it in the
1: theater. And yeah, I give two no, thumbs no, up. It
0: is on Netflix. I'm, that they purchased it, so.
1: Well, I know they bought it. Yeah. I just didn't know if it was gonna if you could watch it. Yeah, on Yeah, well, I service. don't know if it's
0: on there yet or what, but at but some point it will be. Yeah, it, if it's. On. I would
1: say if you a big sci-fi fan, it's, it is worth watching this in the theater because mm. it is very beautifully done. Very cool. Very 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 high-end movie. China did a great job and Hollywood's got some competition if they can put out movies like that because mm-hmm. it felt like i was watching more of an older school sci-fi film with a lot of heart in it sure and you know not caring only about the graphics so uh, big big fan big fan um real quick about star wars why haven't we seen a trailer yet secrecy
0: man yeah i think they you know it's a little later than they've they've kind of kept it secret the last couple of years they've yeah. really been able to keep this one under wraps so um i think it's to their advantage too you know there's probably a lot of fans like you and i that were disappointed with the last uh, installment and yeah. i don't even want to give it a name but um
1: <laughs> the afterbirth
0: the afterbirth uh but uh, i think you know they're, they're trying to – that gives them an advantage, you know, and it keeps the mystique out there. Oh, what's he going to do? What's – you know, how is this going to all play out? And uh, everybody's done a great job keeping their mouths closed. So,
1: I mean, was, I haven't looked a whole lot for spoilers this time because I thought the only chance – you know, I, hopefully he can do something to salvage it, and I don't want to spoil any surprises. With The Last Jedi, I knew from the first trailer, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. This is not looking well, good. Well,
0: the only thing I've read is that he's just trying to – Bring this, you know, Skywalker saga to a close in a neat bow tie. Right. And there's a lot of stories that are left un, you know, out there. And so, yeah, where does he go, and what does he leave out? You know, does Snoke come back into play? You know, where did he come from? That's a big opportunity. How missed. long do you think
1: it is? Do you think it's two and a half hours? It has to be.
0: Yeah, it has to be. You know, uh, what's his name? Darth Maul. Does he come into play? Right. You know, all coming off the Han Solo movie and Red Crimson, and <laughs> you know, does that does that something that comes and rises out of the ashes? Who knows? Wouldn't that be
1: something? If he ends up taking out Kylo. You know, something goofy. But I I, I will say, or he with... learned
0: or Kylo learned from him, maybe. Yeah. and uh, Snoke had two
1: apprentices. Could be. Yeah, I, I just hope they. If pull some kind of story out of these last two movies because really i don't feel like there's a story i don't know what we've been watching i'm i what i really don't understand is why we're telling we're being told the story that happens after the story we'd like to see it's like oh how about we want well how about we show you the crumbling of the jedi academy How, how about we show you how the first order rose out of the out of the ashes of the empire how about we show you how luke's jedi academy went down and kylo turned i mean Let's let me show you how Han and Leia pulled themselves apart because of the anguish over their son. Those are all good stories. Yeah. Why don't we do? Why didn't they do those? Well, maybe they are all in this
0: one. <laughs> that's. But then what have we been doing the last two movies? That's a good question. Just that's time. That's why it leaves a lot of work for JJ. You know. Yeah. And boy, I mean, the key isn't even the writing here as much as it is in the editing. Sure. I mean, that's going to be the big ultimate determining factor of whether this
1: movie succeeds I, think. I mean jj is good at creating excitement and doing yes. exciting scenes he has got talent in that I so agree. that that's a good that's that's it that's a chip in his corner for the movie and he's excellent at creating intrigue as well right yeah he has to answer intrigue in this movie and that which is where he does not excel <laughs> right so that's why i'm concerned but you know what I, i'm with you let's just hope um, give it, give it the best. Some people like that. Some people liked the intrigue to just be left
0: alone, and and he does, I, yeah. and he does that well. I don't mind a few
1: things left open, but yeah. don't leave everything open, you know. Yeah, it's like, no,
0: he does that well. If that's something that you enjoy, you yeah, know? that's not my thing.
1: No, man, I'll never, I like I'll closure. never quite get over lost, you know. Yeah. especially when you thought when you read so many fan theories online about that purgatory, were amazing. No, I mean just the, just amazing. Like that one dude. You—you you sent me that article from that one guy about the whole Desmond, uh, Desmond, and then the. Uh, Faraday's experiment Mm -hmm. thing, like he had this whole like it was like nine pages with graphs and things, all these things that came together, and you're like, dude, if that's not the solution, they should make that the solution. Just be like, okay, guys, look what we found online. This is great. We're gonna contact this guy and tell him he wins. You know, Mm -hmm. and we're gonna make this in the last two seasons instead of just leaving everything hanging and being like, okay, there we go, everybody, it's all good. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, thanks. You know, thanks for the the wonderful setup for. And, and, and i give him total credit every season up to the last two i was mesmerized man i thought that was the coolest freaking show i I've couldn't ever seen. wait to watch it yeah. yeah it was like dude when's lost come back on you know when's the next episode Yep. last time i can remember feeling that way yep. you know yep. but boy that last season and then kind of the, the the penultimate season were not were not not satisfactory no um so I know we don't have a whole lot of time left here. Um, do you want to run over those uh, weapons that we kind of that list? We always Some like to of those do, are cool.
0: yeah. We like to do these top ten lists. Uh, if you've been listening to any of our past shows, um, but uh, I found one for best weapons in sci-fi that I thought was really fun. Uh, it's the, actually the, the twenty-five coolest uh, sci-fi movie weapons ever, and and of course this is opinion. Um, all based on this this guy's article. Uh, so I'll just read them quick. You may not even know, or s- some of these are from older movies, and uh, you may not even recognize them. So 25, the Alpha Omega Bomb, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. So I haven't
1: seen that film.
0: Okay. I'm just going to, you know, I might elaborate on a couple of them, but I'm just going to go through. Uh, the Hand Grenade from Death Race 2000 is 24. The Soul Satellite from Akira. I've never seen that movie. That's animation. Okay. Uh, The Gristle Gun, number 22, from uh, Existence. Is that a TV show? I don't know. Okay.
1: Oh, that might be the one that Netflix just bought. Oh, no, it's uh, a video game. Oh. Okay,
0: 21, Sonic Shotgun from Minority Report. That's a cool weapon. A little shockwave comes out. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. I like that. Uh, the t- Number 20, the Mini Nuke from Starship Troopers. That's super that's, cool. I would say that's a top 10 for me.
1: That's got to be a weapon the military is developing now, right?
0: Right, right. The Noisy Cricket is number 19 <laughs> from the Men in Black. Judge this weapon by its size, do you? Uh, <laughs> sorry, wrong franchise. Right. <laughs> we do
1: not discharge our weapons in public view.
0: <laughs> The head bomb from Total Recall, where the guy, his face just right. opens up in layers. Uh, the seismic charge from Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Seismic
1: charge. Is that the one that the, the, Fett. the, the slave toque spits from, out and yeah, sucks from, in all sound?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. That is cool. The identity disc from Tron. That's a classic.
1: I had no idea that's what that was called.
0: I didn't either. The looker gun from Looker.
1: I've never seen Looker.
0: The Light Ocular Oriented Kinetic Emotive Responses Gun.
1: Oh, naturally.
0: Yeah. The device showed up in the 81 Michael Crichton sci-fi posing as Thriller Picture. Never watched that. Maybe I'll have to.
1: What's the movie? Looker. Oh, Looker. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, A Monomolecular Wire from Johnny Mnemonic.
1: Never seen that film of you?
0: I have seen it. Good? Uh, It's okay. Yeah? Yeah. It's worth a watch.
1: Is that a cool weapon?
0: It is kind of cool. Okay. Yes.
1: I'll have to watch that. I I I'll read it. you
0: the blurb. molecular wire isn't a unique concept in popular fiction, but Johnny Mnemonic made it cool. The idea is simple. A thin chain of diamond molecules with unbreakable bonds that can be used as a garrote or a whip. Even better is the fact that the molecular generators are stored in an assassin's thumbs. It's sort of like having a lightsaber stashed in your fingertips.
1: So how did you use it?
0: Uh, you had handles on the end, almost like nunchucks, I think.
1: Oh, I thought it was in their hand.
0: Oh, maybe it is. I
1: thought they were saying it was it part of the It says the fingers.
0: generators are stored in an assassin's thumb, so that must be it. It's just connected by a beam, and then you control it with your fingers. Huh. That's how I read it anyway.
1: Well, I just didn't know if you remembered it from the movie.
0: I don't. I. It's hard
1: to remember. Okay. It's an old
0: movie. I kind of, I don't remember. if It's coming out of their. I feel like it is coming out of their fingertips.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I need to watch that then. Yeah. Uh,
0: the Auto 9 RoboCop. <laughs> That's what's classic. the Auto is that his his. Big That's pistol? the RoboCop's big ass gun, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the proton pack from Ghostbusters is number That's twelve. That's awesome. That should classic. be classic. Thermal Detonator from Star Wars, That's cool. Episode Six. Lucas
1: sure was good at coming up with names for things. I, mean, I don't know if he came up with all the names himself or not, but he was good at figuring out the right name for Absolute, something.
0: Absolutely. All right, top ten. Deckard's Gun from Blade Runner. Don't
1: remember that, and I've seen both Blade Runners.
0: Oh, really? I don't remember what his gun is like. The phaser, staying on the on the pistol theme here from oh, Star Trek, right? of course it's iconic. You could have the uh, uh, the the stun gun on or phaser mode, right? Right. Uh, Vaporizing. Sure. The smart disk from Predator Two. That thing was kind of cool.
1: Don't remember that, and I barely remember Predator Two. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I know it had Gary Busey in it, so that tells you all you need to know. Yeah,
0: right. Uh, Number seven, the Genesis device from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan.
1: Super cool device. I just don't think that qualifies as a weapon.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's a world builder, so terraforming technology sort of, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a weapon in the fact that whatever is there is going to be wiped out.
1: True. That's why you're supposed to use it where there is nothing. Right,
0: right. M forty one A pulse rifle from Aliens is number six. That, was that is dope. a pretty yeah. I, now from back is that in the day. is
1: that the gun? Is that the gun that most of the Marines had? Or oh, that's the gun. Okay, I didn't really? know if it was the gun because there was those two people. You know, the the Latina and the and yeah. the Jarhead guy. and they both had the big like you know connected to you gun kind of mm-hmm. thing. But yeah, that was a cool gun that she had, and then she taped it to a flamethrower. Yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, number five, the Death Star.
1: Oh, definitely has a and pretty it, impressive what's weapon.
0: what's not on this list for me is the AT-AT. I love that. That's, like, one of my favorite weapons. Probably
1: not considered a weapon. Probably considered a vehicle, though.
0: I suppose. Still a weapon. Yeah, it was
1: cool as hell.
0: Uh, okay, number four, the weirding module in Dune.
1: Never seen Dune. Oh, really? I tried to watch it a couple times. It's long, and it's boring. boring. Yeah. it's. All, I feel like the whole time you're just, like, learning about, like, houses and power families and never actually getting anywhere. But I'm. I just get. I don't have a lot of patience.
0: Basically, the device it converts certain sounds into powerful blasts of sonic energy.
1: So, what kind of sounds? Um, like snapping your fingers.
0: Yeah, kind of. I don't know.
1: You know what I mean? Like, what what kind of sound would create problems? But I guess any sound of amplified. I, I
0: think any. Yeah, like a different pitch. You know. Ah. Like a really like high a- pitch or a low pitch? Like you, Have you ever heard somebody say if you hear a pitch so low it can make you crap yourself? Oh, I've heard that, yeah. I don't yeah. think it's true,
1: but it's funny.
0: Anyway, top three, Arc Gun from District 9, which is super dope. You can
1: see that Oh, thing. those things. Yeah. Man, those things just... Packed a lot of whoop and yep, power.
0: Very cool in action. Uh, the glaive is number two from Kroll. I was telling Mark so he that, has to see that. That's the boomerang that. thing. Yeah, he hasn't seen that yet. It's a classic cheesy science fiction movie. <laughs> uh, it's I don't know. I just enjoy it. It's actually the story's kind of fun and. uh see, like a It's fight so hero. bad. The, the the like the special effects. You'll just but it's a B movie. But you'll get a kick Cute out of. Cult, it. you know? yeah, it's a cult classic, yeah. right? Yeah, um... I think Mark we looked at it earlier it was a 50 million dollar budget in 1983 yeah. which was a lot of money and, only and made they were 16. trying to kind 7. of <laughs> you know the sci-fi craze from return of the jedi didn't last into yeah. their movie unfortunately
1: 16.7 million made and 15 million spent right. Well that's I, not including marketing. I should probably
0: wrap this up I got to roll. Okay. Uh and number one guys the lightsaber of course Yeah. Right? Who wouldn't want a so, lightsaber that'd be the coolest thing in the world. know that was coming.
1: So. Well everybody thank you so much for tuning into our show please Again, remember to go to our website at thesportsoffensive.com. You can listen to this episode of the Alien Offensive. You can listen to our prior episodes. Also, listen to our other podcasts. We've got JoJo War Drummer Ways. We've also got The Sports Offensive, our flagship uh, Saturday podcast. And if you go to the website at thesportsoffensive.com, you can see the latest link to Nate's un, uh, Waxbox Unbreak or a wax box Breaking and uh, wax pack Unwrapping uh, video that we've got up there. There'll be another one posted tomorrow, so we'll have a total of three to start your week. So if uh, you want to watch it at the gym while you're uh, hitting the treadmill, sure. you should have three of those on there for you. And,
0: and if you're into the collecting thing, I think listening to this show would be a good thing too. I, I think down the road we'll probably discuss more Star Wars memorabilia. I've dabbled in that a little bit as well. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, great show, bud, and uh, thanks for listening, everyone.
1: Yep, everyone have a fantastic weekend. Uh, This is The Offensive out. 18 plus.